You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show, Episode 102, Feeling Like an Outcast? Touch Jesus' Garment. Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. Hey, welcome to the show. Got an exciting show for you today, a show of hope, a show of possibility. Have you ever felt like a like an outcast? <laughs> I have. Uh, remember in school growing up feeling like an outcast and wondering if, uh, if anybody would ever want to marry me when I got older. I know that a lot of people feel that way, and, and perhaps you do. So today's the show for you. I'm so glad that you took the time to join me. I appreciate your uh, involvement with the show and sending me notes on what you'd like to hear about or questions that you might have, and we answer those questions. We, uh, we read all the emails that come in. And you can send your questions and your comments to the Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. You know, throughout the years, I'm, uh, I'm I'm very aware of of the people who feel like outcasts in life. When you turn the television on in the evening and you look at all the game shows and people, you know, on the the Voice and America's Got Talent and all the you know the Grammy Awards and everything else, it it seems like everything is going well for so many people, but. But for many of us, and maybe you feel this way, you you don't feel like you're really in. And maybe growing up in school, you didn't feel like you were, you know, part of the in crowd or you were not part of the jocks and and uh, the cool kids, so to speak. And and that's kind of the way that you have felt, kind of like an outcast. And and many of us can feel like outcasts in society that our life isn't significant, it doesn't matter, nobody cares. And we can feel like that really for a you know a lot of different reasons. Uh, one of those reasons is that uh, perhaps is uh, something that happened to you when you were growing up. Maybe maybe even the way you were treated by your 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 parents or a relative or um, a teacher, a coach, something like that. I I've heard of many stories where coaches demoralized young people with the things they said and the criticism that they brought uh, to the playing field. And it has kind of followed them. In my case, I, I felt sort of like an outcast starting in in sixth grade uh, when I I know it sounds uh, uh, trivial now, but at the time it was big. I wet my pants in front of the whole school in a uh, an auditorium listening to a speaker. And from that point on, I sort of felt like an outcast, you know. And I I struggled in junior high with with acne, and and I I just didn't feel good about myself. I felt like an an outcast. I felt dirty, if you will. And this can happen uh, to you with experiences that you've had, maybe with a past boyfriend or, or whatever. But I want you to know that it's people who feel like outcasts that Jesus longs to touch and to give their life significance and meaning. And I believe he has that for you today. And I, and I want to share with you a story uh, from the scriptures that is very, very powerful and it involves the touching of Jesus' garment, and we're going to get deep into that. Now, this is going to be one of those one of those lessons where I'm going to give you a lot of notes in the show notes, and if you are not getting show notes, send me an email, thejeffcavenshow at ascensionpress.com. In the subject line, just put, I want those show notes, and we'll send them to you for every show. I mean, you're going to get them, and, and then you don't have to get in a car accident writing down Malachi 
chapter 4 and verse 2. You can just enjoy the ride and listen and perhaps go back and get the show notes and even listen again. But it's one of those shows where I'm going to I'm going to ask you to listen to it but then perhaps go back with your Bible and underline some scriptures that I think will feed you for years to come. And it uh, it's going to give you a look into the first world, first century of Jesus teaching and even the garments that he wore. And I'm going to include in the show notes, a picture of a prayer shawl that I'm talking about in the lesson today uh, called a talit, a prayer shawl that Jesus was familiar with. And there were corners on the uh, tassels on the four corners of the garment called tzitzit, tzitziot, plural. Uh, I'm going to send you a picture of that in the show notes so you'll have an idea of what I'm, what I'm talking about. But the story that I want to share with you today comes from Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34, and it's a common, well-known story about a woman with an issue of blood. Uh, she had a, a, uh, a hemorrhage, a bleeding, that uh, she went to doctors and tried to get it fixed, taken care of, and only got worse. And uh, she was at wit's end, and she ended up running into Jesus. So let's pick it up with Mark chapter 5. Let me read the story to you, and then we'll make some comments on it about how Jesus, uh, really, really his, his love, his power, his anointing flows to those who feel like outcasts, for, for those who feel they're dirty or they are um, in the margin. You know, they're not part of mainstream. And maybe you maybe you feel like that, and maybe you know of somebody who feels like that. Well, this is a show that you can send on to them. Well, let's read the story. Uh, Mark 5, 25 through 34, And there was a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus, and came up behind him in the crowd, and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch even his garments, I shall be made well. And immediately the hemorrhage ceased, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power, had gone forth from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, well, you see the crowd pressing around you, and, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had been done to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Wow, what a what a powerful story, an amazing story. I mean, we could spend we could spend three or four shows just talking about different aspects of it. But I want to get to the heart of this woman who no doubt felt like an, an outcast. Now, the reason I say that she felt like an outcast is you have to understand the law in the Hebrew scriptures and the mindset of the day. And that is that when women were in their menstrual cycle, they were considered in the Hebrew scriptures unclean. And they, when they were when they were finished with their menstrual cycle, they would go through a ceremonial cleansing uh, procedure where they would go and dip in what was called a mikvah, a water, uh, like a tub of water uh, flowing with living water, that's water that's moving, and they would be ceremonial clean, and then they could be back uh, intimate with their with their husband. But while they had the flow of blood, they were considered unclean, and a, an unclean woman does not touch 
men and is considered unclean. And so what she does here in coming up behind Jesus, notice that she comes up behind him, not straight face on, but behind him, uh, kind of demonstrates that she knows she's in a, a load of trouble as far as this bleeding, but she wants to reach out and she wants to touch a part of Jesus' garment. And it's very clear in the gospel there in verse 30 that she wants to touch his garments. And the question is, what part of the garment is she touching and what will happen if she touches that particular part of his garment? Well, we know she's she's healed. But what's really interesting is this, and I'll just a little bit of commentary before we get to the the, uh, the, the garment that he was wearing, and you can look in the show notes and see a picture of that kind of a garment was that Jesus is being pressed by the crowds. Now, a few weeks ago, uh, to the time of this this show, the Super Bowl took place, and the um, Patriots, again, were playing the Rams, and they won again. And afterwards, you might remember, uh, CBS covered this, um, Tom Brady was absolutely inundated by the press and people from every side. In fact, it sounded a little dangerous, and he kept saying to the crowd, move back, move back, come on, come on. And he was really being pressed. Now, I imagine that that's the kind of scene here where everyone's pressing in around Jesus. Reporters wanted to get a quote, and and uh, people wanted to touch him and see him and talk to him, ask a question perhaps. And suddenly he says, who touched me? Who touched my garments? And the disciples, I believe, with sort of a chuckle, said, Lord, I mean, think of the Tom Brady situation. Lord, there's people all around you. What do you mean, who touched you? He goes, no, somebody touched me. Healing, virtue, power went out from me. And he, and, and it turns out it was this woman who reached out and touched the hem of his garment. She touched the edge of his garment. Well, she was considered ceremonially unclean. And so this took chutzpah, this took guts for her to do, but she had to have had tremendous confidence that even a person who's considered unclean could touch the Son of God. And you see, this is the beautiful thing about Jesus, is that in the Pharisee's worldview, the word Pharisee means separated one. And for the Pharisees, they separated themselves from everybody else. Nobody touches me. I don't touch uh, women who are in the menstrual cycle, uh, Gentiles, and so forth. And their separateness was a sign of their, quote-unquote, holiness. Well, Jesus turned that upside down, and we find out that his holiness will withstand anything that is considered unclean in the world. And so when she touches him, he's not going to condemn her, even though she thinks that that, oh no, I've done something wrong. She starts trembling, and she fell down, and she told him the truth. Isn't it funny how the, the view we have of God sometimes, that he's going to take a club and beat us, or we, we try to approach him, and I'm so dirty, and I, he doesn't want anything to do with me? Well, she broke through that, and she touched him, and she ended up becoming healed. Well, what about this garment that she touched? What did it symbolize? What's what's going on here? Okay. In, in the Jewish culture, in the Jewish culture, starting way back in the, in the Old Testament, uh, they were told to uh, attach tassels on the four corners of their garment. You can read this in Deuteronomy chapter 22 and in Numbers chapter 15. And when they came out of, of Egypt, they were told by Moses in, in the law to make tassels on the four corners with a blue cord 
on each tassel. So there would be white tassels and then one blue cord on each end, and it would be a reminder of the commandments of the Lord. And the Jews believed that there were 613 commandments. And so uh, the way that they tie these tassels, look at the picture when you get out of the car. <laughs> when, you, when you tie these garments or these tassels, you, you would tie them in such a way with, with knots and wrappings that would have a numerical equivalent of all four put together of 613, which when you look at the tassels on the, on the uh, corners of your, your prayer shawl, you would be reminded that you're a son of the commandments. You're a daughter of the commandments in today's, in today's language. Now, you've been bar mitzvahed. Now, if you go to New York or someplace where the Orthodox Jews live, you'll see that even still today they wear these tassels on the, the four corners of their garment, but they wear it under their garment with the tassels out along their leg. That's called a talit katan, a small talit. Uh, the large talit is a prayer shawl. It, too, has these, these uh, tassels with the cord of blue on it. Very, very interesting. And so... Uh, the four corners, now this is this is so fascinating, and this is why I said later I think you might want to take a piece of paper and write some of these scriptures down. The Jews believed in, that in the days of Jesus, they believed that when the Messiah finally comes, he will have healing in his tassels on the four corners of his garment are these tassels, and they will have healing virtue. Now, they get this even from the Old Testament. The very last book of the Old Testament is Malachi. And in Malachi chapter 4, the last chapter, chapter 4 and verse 2, it says, But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. Now, that's a, that's a key verse, Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2, because it says that the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. Now, here's what's interesting. The four corners of the talit, of the prayer shawl, that the woman touched, these are called in Hebrew the kanaf, K-A-N-A-P-H, the kanaf. The kanaf is the Hebrew word for wings, and the four corners of the prayer shawl are called the wings of the prayer shawl, and the tassels are attached to the kanaf. They're attached to those four, those four corners of the garment, whether it's a, a talit or a talit katan, the, the smaller one. Now they believed that there was, and they were taught, and it's in Scripture, Deuteronomy twenty-two and Numbers fifteen, that there are seven white strings per corner and one blue thread. Okay, now the seven represent completeness and covenant. White symbolizes purity, blue, unity. So that gives you seven white strings and a blue string for a total of eight, and eight is the number of new beginnings. Now let me ask you a question: If you feel like an outcast, you feel like a nobody, you feel dirty. Do you need a new beginning? I'm going to challenge you to touch Jesus. I'm going to challenge you to touch his garments, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. We're going to take a break. When I come back, I want to get into that and more about these garments that Jesus wore, what the woman did, and what is available to you today. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show.
And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash ascension presents. That's youtube.com slash ascension presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. Welcome back. We're talking about uh, the garment industry today, what Jesus wore. Uh, You know, Jesus was a Jew. He was a Jew raised by a Jewish mother, Jewish stepfather, prayed as a Jew, taught as a Jewish rabbi. Uh, He observed all the feasts, the kosher, everything. And uh, it's so beautiful to, to, to study him within, within the culture. And one of the things that we know he did is he wore the prayer shawls, and they're called the talit, and the talit katan underneath the garments with the tassels on the four corners, which represented the 613 commandments. And we know that this woman in Mark chapter 5 reached out, an unclean woman, and touched the, hen, the, the edge of his garment, and she was healed and virtue, healing virtue, went out from Jesus. And we know that the four corners represent, uh, they represent a completeness, covenant, a purity, unity, a new beginning. And that's what this woman needed, right? Purity and a new beginning. And I'm asking you today, do you need that? Do you need a new beginning? Have you been caught up in sin uh, to the point where it's just demoralized you and you need a new beginning? This is for you. This is for you. It really is. This is for you. I like what Zechariah said in chapter 8 and verse 23. said, 10 people, 10 nations will come from nations and crowd in around one Jew and will reach for the corner of the garment because we have heard that God is with you. Isn't that beautiful? That's exactly what happened in Mark chapter 5, is that this woman reached out for the corner of the garment. And it says that one day, all the nations, 10 nations will come together, and they'll crowd around one Jew, Jesus, and they will receive this, this healing in a powerful way. I love that. And as I said, the rabbis of the first century taught that the tzitzit, that is the these tassels of the Messiah, would have healing virtue. Now, what's interesting about this is that we see the same type of story in the Old Testament, where we see the story of, of, uh, of David and Saul. Do you remember that story in 1 Samuel chapter 24, where David was hiding in a cave from, from Saul? Maybe you remember that. And then Saul came in to relieve himself, and David reached over and he cut off the, the end of his garment. He cut off the piece of Saul's garment, and, uh, and then later was smitten with guilt, and he, he raised it up and yelled to Saul, hey, buddy, look over here. I could have killed you. <laughs> what did he do? He cut off the tzitziot. He cut off the hem of the garment. He cut off that corner, the, the kanaf. Right, and it was believed that an interesting point about this is that that the tzitzit, these these tassels on the edge of the garment, stood for royalty, royal blue, true blue. This represented something about the kingdom, right? Uh, and it also represented something of authority, and especially the the, the tzitziot of the king had special. Uh, a special uh, grace, you know, this is a man of authority. And then it had tremendous blessing and protection in the Jewish culture. And that's why they get married under what's called a chuppah, a symbol of God's protection and inclusion in the covenant family. A chuppah is like a, a big prayer shawl. 
and and uh, this would remind them that they're being married under the the commandments of of the Lord. So it represented royalty and authority and blessing and protection. And this woman with the issue of blood was an outcast, considered unclean. Nobody could help her. Not included. And now she's made clean by touching Jesus. I say all of this to say that in, in your life today, in your life today, I am encouraging you to reach out and touch Jesus. So how can you touch Jesus today? Obviously, we don't wear the tzitzit and these garments in uh, during uh, uh, Mass or times of adoration, but there are ways that you can touch him. The greatest way to touch Jesus, if you're feeling like an outcast, is to receive him with all humility in the Eucharist. Anytime you receive the Eucharist, the Lord comes into you and into your body and shares the grace of the Trinity with you, that is, the life of the Trinity. You can touch Jesus by reading the scriptures and taking them into your heart and doing them, putting them into practice. In this way, uh, he can cleanse us and he can give us peace. As I mentioned in a, in a show a few weeks ago, that, that obeying God's word brings you peace in, in your life. You can touch Jesus by going to an hour of adoration at your local church. If your church doesn't have adoration, that is uh, the Blessed Sacrament uh, on display in a chapel where you can go and sit before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lord, Lords and reach out and touch uh, the hem of his garment spiritually, find a place where you can go in your diocese and spend some time with him. And so another place that you can reach out and touch Jesus, which I love so much, is in the morning. You know, my wife and I have a have kind of a habit every morning when we get up, we go downstairs and I make her tea. And we sit together around a small table overlooking the a, a pond outside. And we both grab our Bibles and we read the gospel of the day and we do Lexio Divina. And we're doing it separately, but then we share with one another. And during that time of prayer separately, we reach out and touch him because we hear a personal word from him uh, for that day. And then we can take that word into, into the day. And that's another way that we can reach out and and touch him. So you've got the mass, you've got the word of God, you've you've got uh, devotions, uh, you've got adoration. There are a number of ways that you can reach out and touch him, and that's that's the easy part. The hard part sometimes is getting over the fact that you feel like an outcast, that you feel rejected, that you're not worthy. And you know what? None of us are really worthy in our own right. But due to the work of the cross, Jesus makes us worthy to receive him, and he's, he cleanses us so that we can come and touch the Son of God. This is the beautiful thing about, about the Lord, is that, you know, in the Old Testament, because the righteousness of Israel could not overcome the, the sin and unrighteousness of the nation of Egypt, they were given a law which separated them from unrighteousness. And then Jesus comes on the scene, and he doesn't do that. He reaches out and he touches the unclean. He touches the outcast. He touches those who are broken, and he makes them whole. Why? Because his righteousness 
is powerful enough to overcome the darkness in this world. If, if you don't get anything else out of this show, I want you to get this. No matter what happened to you when you were growing up, no matter the guilt and the shame that you experienced while you were in college, no matter what happened to you in terms of something physical that set you back or, or you had an injury that, that really, really uh, compromised your ability to, to be successful in your own eyes, I want you to know something. The way the world might look at you is one thing, but I know this, the Lord sees you as a daughter. The Lord sees you as a son, and he welcomes you. And like the woman in Mark chapter 5, you might come up behind him and just try to get a touch of that garment. You know what? Today, you can face him. You can look at him straight on. And you know what the goal of all of this is? Oh, wow. It is to see him face to face, the beatific vision that one day in heaven we'll all see him face to face. Until then, we can reach out and touch him and we can know him. And we're looking through like a glass darkly right now, but, but then it'll be face to face. And so I want to encourage you today that if you're feeling like an outcast and you're feeling like the dirty one and, and that nobody would, would love you, I want you to know that Jesus does. And I want you to know that he knows when you're pulling on him and power and virtue will leave him and go into your life. And I want to encourage you to reach out. And if you're struggling with some physical ailment, I want to encourage you to find a priest who can pray for you. You know, we can all pray for each other, but sometimes I think it's a nice point of contact in that anointing of the, of the chrism oil for a priest to pray for you, the anointing of the sick. And as that happens, I want you to know, in the sacraments is the greatest way to reach out and touch Jesus. And so if you're, if you're hurting today and you're, you're, um, you're in sickness or some malady, I want, you to, I want you to reach out and touch the hem of his garment, and I want you to exercise that faith that you have and say, Jesus, yes, I do feel like an outcast. I do feel like I'm not worthy, but Lord, I know that you are the one who reaches those who feel like I do, and I want you to reach out. And I want to pray for you today, all right? I want to pray that you'll do that, because I know the Lord is faithful and true, and those who come to him, he will not, he will not reject, but he loves you, and his righteousness is enough to handle your situation. I can imagine that it, when he looked around and said, who touched me? And the disciples said, what do you mean who touched you? All these people. No, no, no. Somebody touched me differently than the crowds. You see, the crowds want to get near him. It's, it's quite a, a spectacle. There's Jesus of Nazareth. But one woman, she wanted something from him. And that faith was released, and she received it. So I want to pray for you today. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Lord, I, I lift up my friend today who might be feeling like an outcast or dirty. I pray for them, Lord, that you would, you would bless them and that they would come to you and, and with that faith touch you and receive what they need from you today, and that you are not going to push them back. You're not going to ridicule them. You're not going to be angry with them, but you're going to accept them with those eyes of yours and that, that heart of yours. I thank you for doing that today, and I pray that it'll be a new day, just like the woman with the issue of blood. It will be a new beginning, a new beginning of 
purity, a new beginning of unity, a new beginning of completeness as they touch the hem of your garment. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. My friend, I I hope you have a great week and and truly reach out, reach out and touch the Lord. And uh, I want you to know I love you and I'm praying for you, and I ask you to continue to pray for me. And look at the show notes. I'm going to have a picture of uh, that garment, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to have a bigger picture and then a a tight picture of the uh, tassels, and they're tied in such a way as to equal the fulfillment of the law, all 613 commandments. And Jesus, yes, he is the fulfillment of the Hebrew scriptures, and he is here to touch your life. Amen. God bless you. You have a great week.